0: This is a STEAM channel program on UCTV. Go full STEAM ahead at uctv.tv STEAM, where science, technology, engineering, arts, and math converge.
1: As a teacher, I know after lunch, it's hard to get back into the routine and get back to the mindset. So luckily for you guys, we have two amazing presenters who have a, a fun and engaging lesson. And it's my honor and privilege to now introduce...
0: Michelle Browning with Hastings Ranch Nursery School, and Joe Acker from E3 Civic High. So come on up.
1: All right, you ready? This is gonna be a real quick test.
0: Okay, get your Play-Doh out. Can you build a form of transportation? Didn't, you didn't think there was gonna be a quiz after lunch. It's okay, it's Play-Doh, it's all right. Can you build a form of transportation with your Play-Doh?
1: Oh, there we go. What, what kind of transportation is that?
0: <gasps> Bicycle. Oh, nicely excellent. done. Excellent. Very nicely done. So, using your play doh, I have a you... canoe.
1: I have a canoe over here. You can. Excellent. Good. Okay. Other forms of transportation. Skateboard. Nice.
0: Well, that's cool. I skateboard
1: with a wink. Perfect.
0: Airplane. Airplane. Nice. Does it,
1: Does it fly?
0: Of course. Oh, it does fly.
1: It falls. Perfect. That's
0: awesome. It flies and it proves gravity. I like that.
1: Excellent. One That's more? Perfect. One more. An animal. Can you build an animal?
0: Now can you build an animal with your Play-Doh? Can you create an animal? I you like made a the snake. clarifying
1: questions. Okay.
0: We have a snake. All right, let's see what else can we do? <laughs> let's think outside the box, people. Let's think creatively. What do we have? A butterfly. Ooh. A butterfly. Excellent. I, I have a catapult. giraffe. Is it a bunny or a snail? It's a bunny. A bunny. Okay, very good. Okay, I saw... woo. <laughs> That ha- I should be asking with open-ended questions. Yes. Anybody else? What'd you make? Wait, we have... A fish. Okay.
1: I can't see what. Is it a snail? A snail. I was waiting okay, for a snail. That would be the snail. next slide.
0: That's awesome. Anybody back there? Way up there. What are we making? What did you make, Miss Penny? A starfish. Excellent. Oh, super cute. Somebody needs a picture of that. That's adorable. Okay.
1: Let's go to. So now,
0: using your Play Doh, can you create an insect? Not an arachnid, people. We're not talking spiders, we're talking insects. Count your legs. Make sure you have the right number of legs. Bugs are hard. Are we being challenged by bugs? Okay. Bugs are challenging. I have to, think. Beautiful. I have to think about that? Okay. Okay. Can you create a superhero? Mm. I heard no. Superhero. Who said no? Really? Come on. All right. We can, you know what? We're going to table this. Because this is our later topic that I will defer to my illustrious colleague later. But, I mean, it's just Plato, right? I mean, it's not like it's a real form of anything. I mean, it's, it's what we use in preschool. It's not like it's real school or anything like that, right? It's just, I mean, it Plato that uh, you do have to, well, you, you mix stuff together. So that's science. You've got a physical change of state there.
1: This is true. It's a great way, from an engineering perspective, to do prototypes really quickly, to convey ideas to show understandings.
0: And, and certainly, if you look around, from an art perspective, everybody has a different color of Play-Doh, and they've put it into different shapes using lines, and maybe it even has a different texture based upon something that was put into the Play-Doh. So I guess there's art there, too.
1: I would, absolutely. And the math part? This is something that we think math only happens on, uh, I don't know, what are those things called? Worksheets? Boo! Scale, yes. proportion? <laughs> I didn't call any of you out, but some of your scale and proportions not quite right. Like no. the head was way too
0: <laughs> <laughs> And then sensory. I mean, I still see people playing with your Play-Doh. God love you for still playing with your Play-Doh. It's tactile kinesthetics, people. We, we want that sensory feeling of having it in our hands, right?
1: And this is something that we've learned over time is that students, all of us, we need to doodle. We need to do something else. We need to practice. We need to have that connection between our fingers and our mind. But remember, it's just Play-Doh.
0: It's just, it's just Play-Doh. I mean, it's totally not steam at all. It, it's just Play-Doh. Here, we, here go. we go. So this is me. Um, probably the most important line on that entire slide is that I am mommy to Carson and Cassidy, um, because that's actually why I'm here today. Um, I am a volunteer. I am not paid to be here. Uh, I belong to an amazing school called Hastings Ranch Nursery School, which is a parent participation cooperative for 62 years. <laughs> and, um, which means that our parents work in the classroom So my position as board president and starting the STEAM program there Was really completely for my daughter My son had a STEAM program because he was in first grade And all of a sudden I realized, you know, you're telling me that my son can have it And my daughter can't I don't think so And as a parent, I think that would resonate with anyone, if if you're going to advocate on behalf of your child. And we heard that earlier today in the opening remarks about who's an advocate, and what what is advocacy? Okay, advocacy is a mom and a couple other parents saying, we need a STEAM program two and a half years ago and then making it. And that's what we've done.
1: And I'm Joseph Acker. Joe is fine. Kids call me Acker. Um, What's interesting is that I start off as an engineer. I'm trained as an engineer. Uh, environmental engineering is my specialty. Uh, I was trained to clean up hazardous waste. And literally one day I was out on a uh, big tanker spill in Tyvex suits and respirator. And the next week I was teaching ninth graders. I felt like it was similar in some ways. Subcontractors, ninth graders It's a management issue, is it not? So I entered education out of ignorance I didn't have the traditional um, uh, The typical teacher prep Many of my decisions wasn't based on what I was told It was out of survival Which is an interesting place to be If you've never been there before Uh, I was an engineering uh, mentor uh, Because of my engineering background And I found that kids really want to create They do They want to get out of the classroom They want to try something that they've never tried before. Well, that was great for me, because I wasn't quite sure what to do with them. So I said, let's try this kind of stuff. I brought FIRST, or was one of the first few people in, or the core of people that brought FIRST Robotics into San Diego. Uh, Those of you that know uh, the big event that we have down in the Sports Arena area, worked with Qualcomm as a sponsor to get that that event started. And um, I worked uh, to create a small school at Claremont, Oh, I almost said Claremont. Oh my gosh, Madison High School. That's a real bad thing to say. Um, And then was part of the second year of High Tech High North County, transitioned from there to E3, Civic High, which is the new downtown school that's embedded right in the new library. I have a really interesting, I have to actually read this because I always forget it, Facilitator of Innovative Learning Design. Anybody have any idea what that means? It's a
0: great title. I need that. It's a great title.
1: I'm an enabler. I tell you to eat the brownie. It's delicious. But I also tell you, you should try this because it's good for the kids. All right?
0: So for today, the purpose of our discussion and kind of the juxtaposition of the preschool setting to the high school setting is why would you use steam in preschool? Can you use steam in preschool? And what the heck does it look like when you're using steam in preschool? So for us... It's all about exposure. We're not looking for mastery of anything at all. This is all about trying something. So we will act, physically act out with the kids, adding muscle memory. So we do Jane Goodall and we break the group into two. You guys be chimps and you guys be Jane. Um, We create projects that echo their work as opposed to it's about the product. No, it's about the process. And we ask them questions. For most of a preschooler's day, it's completely determined. This is this one break of time where they have complete and total dominion over their world. They choose where they want to go. They choose what they want to do. They choose if they want shoes. It's all about choice. And we ask them, what do you want to do? What do you want to be? And it's the exposure of these artists and these scientists, these engineers, these mathematicians that say, these are real people who did really amazing things, which means I could do it too.
1: We typically think of PBL, project-based learning, um, is a a higher kind of um, high school, middle school, sometimes almost all all the way back to elementary school. So we start off with the idea of building understanding.
0: We talk about project-based learning is really play-based learning, but seventh graders don't like to say they like to play. They like to say they have a project. It's very formal. Somehow, through that elementary time period, we get away from the concept that play is good. So for play-based learning, it's exposure through inquiry. I'm going to try something new. I'm going to see what this is. Here's an offering. I'm going to go look at it.
1: At the high school level, in the PBL environment, we carefully create these situations that we um, ask the kids to go through a scenario. We create simulations.
0: And for a preschooler, we're going to pretend. We're going to use make-believe. We're going to put on our imagination hats and see what we can do. Same thing different age.
1: Again, in PBL environment, we want them to investigate. We want them to ask questions. We want them to develop questions.
0: Okay. In the preschool world, you know a child who does not ask why. Who could not make money asking why 500 times a day. It plays their modality of learning, first and foremost. And this is their most inquisitive time. So why not take advantage of it?
1: PBL, we create scenarios. There's a boulder. There's a person that's going to put the boulder. How far does the
0: boulder go? In preschool, we have dramatic play. I'm a postman, here's my mailbox. I opened the mailbox and all the letters came out. What do I need to fix this problem? (gasps) A mailbag, got it. So here's a great example of coming full circle for something at Hastings. We, our art docent program is very specific to artists. We're not just talking about preschool and art, that's kind of a given. But in art docent program where we're really talking about art appreciation and about the artist. This was Sam Francis that we did with our students. And instead of the watercolor and the gouache, we used glue, we shaved crayons, we melted it using heat, and then went full circle to go and look at it the Norton Simon and see a 20 foot by 30 foot Sam Francis and have children walk up to me and go, we did that? <laughs> Mine's better. You know, that kind of a thing. This to me is a perfect example of you're learning about gravity, you're learning about texture, you're learning about the engineering of that canvas and then bringing it full circle that it's a real thing. So this is how our STEAM program works at Hastings. We have a theme every month. And from that theme, we then choose artists and scientists that we think best represent that theme. We then look at the next generation science standards for Kinder, and we look for the common core state standards for literature. We utilize Raspberry Pi as our technology element. Why? Because they're $25 and they're so darn cute. They're the (laughs) cutest thing ever. They fit in a preschooler's hand. They feel like they can own this. Additionally, we have the way we teach math, the way we go about those kind of elements. Cooking is math, and math is cooking, and it's super tasty. I mean, everything is about measuring, pancakes become fractions, it's an amazing thing. And we round it out with language and with movement. So for us, typically when you look at preschools, there are these three silos, if you will, that preschools tend to fall into. And what we realized that as we were collaborating to create this program, that we didn't fit into any of them. So we kind of created our own space. But for us, the way that STEAM works best is that we integrate the arts into our curriculum, that we enhance our curriculum using art projects, and that art itself as a docent program becomes the curriculum. So science at Hastings, the most important thing for people to understand about the preschool setting in science is that it's great when they're wrong. We totally respect the scientific method. We want them all to make their hypothesis and tell me, what do you think is going to happen? And then throw a party when they're wrong. Because if you're wrong, you learn something. It's not a bad thing. And you may be wrong today, but tomorrow, you've had a really good idea about how to do something different. And you'll come back on that and you'll draw back on that again. So something as simple as sink and float, yeah, we're gonna use Valentine hearts because they're tasty, but it's gonna give you the concept of sink and float. Same thing with baking soda and vinegar. It's developmentally appropriate, but you're talking about a chemical reaction in physics. It's perfect. In our science docent program, we choose a scientist every month and Jacques Cousteau happened to be our scientist. We were trying to come up with a really, really good way to teach the aqua lung, which is an amazing thing. Kind of difficult to do maybe in a preschool setting. So we avail ourselves of our community, of who's around us and who will advocate on our behalf. So reaching out to, in this case, the Aquarium of the Pacific, having a real diver coming in with real dive gear and a real tank for them to feel the air, the pressure coming out of that tank, touching all the equipment, putting it on themselves. Not only did they understand that a real person invented this thing that now people use to breathe underwater, but that they can do it too. We had so many kids try to sign up to be divers that day, it was crazy. (laughs) Da Vinci, again, simple engineering, but simple machines. Yes, we're using Legos, and most people would say, oh, those are cute Legos, they're really brightly colored. Um, Lego engineering actually has a great program called Simple Machines 3, and it's all based on gears, ratios, pulleys, incline planes, levers. These are all massive engineering concepts that will follow them their entire life, but you put it in a size that they can manage and maintain. And what we're most impressed with is seeing that when we do free build and just put the blocks out, they rebuild this from memory. It's that much of a physical, tactile connection for them.
1: And our, our point here is that these are things we know. We see these. We have kids around us that do this. It's, that it's about being explicit with what's happening. These are things that we just do every day. Kids do every day. Exactly. It's about giving them the vocabulary about giving those connections on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, preschools, it's really the perfect setting because at this point in their life, they are completely fearless. They're super curious. They're overly confident at times, which is okay. Um, and that what we're doing in terms of steam is it's really kind of the carrots in the spaghetti sauce. They think they're playing Legos. They think they're, they're dropping hearts into water. But all of those basic concepts that we're showing very simply and very organically are massive comp- concepts that they're going to take with them forever. I mean, parents... When I put Bernoulli on the steam calendar for December, I mean, I thought I was going to have a riot, really. I mean, even there was a couple teachers going, really? I don't think I did Bernoulli in college. What are we doing? Why are we doing Bernoulli? This, my friends, was probably next to the diver, hit of the year. And the kids on the right here that are using that Bernoulli box are two years old. Those were our twos. They absolutely got it. They had the best time ever. And nothing is cuter than a three-year-old saying Bernoulli. Just...
1: <laughs> I'm just
0: saying. Nothing's cuter than that. So again, reaching out to our community. We're a small school. We're limited with our resources. I mean, I think that's that's going to be echoed with every educator and every administrator in every school statewide. So we reach out. We're fortunate being in Pasadena. We have Caltech. We were talking about Caroline Herschel and what she discovered in the, in the heavens, and Caltech said we've got an infrared camera. Well, rainbows are a big part of preschool. And they all seemed to manage to grasp the idea of infrared being below red. We made rainbows. We looked at x-rays. They understood visible versus invisible, what can be seen and not seen. Now, the highlight of this project was definitely taking ice cubes and painting mustaches on Miss Penny. That was a big thing. We really liked that. turning their lips black, turning their hands black to the camera. But again, they all remember infrared. They take away the understanding that it's a color below red. And it shows things that you can't see with your eyes.
1: And if you work at Qualcomm, or if you work in the community where you use equipment that you feel is just part of your tool,'s just something that you use every day, that can with a one day, a few hour exploration with the kids, that opens their whole mind to something different that they can't see. This all happens around them every single day, but it's when you bring that tool in and you introduce it to them, you've given them a completely different depth of knowledge and they will never f- forget that, Absolutely. that time where they get to paint
0: your lips. And they got to paint on this Penny. I mean, that, that was definitely Penny, a highlight for sure. You. So again, simple concepts. Gravity. Gravity. We have kids now running around on the bike lard that if they come around turn two, they think it's Talladega up there some days. They're coming around turn two. I had a child who absolutely wiped out, looked at me and said, gravity got me. (laughs) Just crashed. So they're taking these concepts and they're really integrating them into their own personal nomenclature. Like this is part of their vocabulary now. This is what they say. So we use something called GAC which is a fabulous mixture. I see people nodding their heads, yes, love the borax and the glue, yes.
1: Um,
0: love, so here we're talking about massive chemistry. We're gonna strain it, we're gonna create gravity, we're gonna time it. At some point here, Avery actually took a little ruler and was trying to see how long her GAC was. Um, fluid dynamics, Max is not gonna leave that wall, but I will tell you in both pictures, please note there aren't a lot of grown-ups around, are there? This is self-directed inquiry. This is an offering that's been put together by our staff. By these amazing teachers that put together these things for children to discover it on their own. We're not telling them what to learn. We're showing them how to learn and giving them that availability. And again, both of these kids are two years old. And really, if it wasn't for Miss Angie taking him away, Max would still be at that wall. (laughs) You see kids playing in the sand. How many people see kids playing in the sand? Awesome. Now, how many people see erosion study and fluid dynamics? Oh, good, thank you. <laughs> Very good, The exactly. one
1: physics teacher in the room.
0: 100%, 100%. And these kids are working hard to battle erosion against the fluids. Chemistry, entomology. The nice thing about being kind of steam-enriched, steam-infused, play-based learning is that if a child comes and says, oh, this is the most coolest bug ever, 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 I wanna look at this, we make that turn. We're gonna go ahead, our curriculum allows us using creative curriculum to have almost like a flipped classroom, where the kids are really determining what are we doing, what are we studying, what are we interested in, and then if we have to turn left, we turn left.
1: That's disconcerting for teachers.
0: Not for our teachers.
1: Going off script is something that we're not taught. Now, remember, I didn't go through a traditional training, right? So, going off script was the only thing I knew. So, in a way, I I think I'd be a better preschool teacher.
0: I think so too, Joe. You should come talk to us and see what we can do. Another big part as we look through the sciences is recognizing the whole farm to table real world connection again. And we reached out. We have a great chef with a great restaurant nearby. I mean, the guy trained with Gordon Ramsay. Like, I don't know why he's coming to a preschool, but he is. He comes twice a month and does a gardening program with us. So our twos grow herbs for his restaurant. Our multi age threes, fours, and fives right now are just sprouted alfalfa. I mean, they just sprouted. It's awesome. We've done radish tops. We've got carrots. We've got lettuce. We've got potatoes. And it's all about where does food come from? It doesn't come from a store. You can grow it in your very own backyard. So things like Jane Goodall or the water cycle, or Rachel Carson. There was our scientist for November. People thought I was nuts again. That's all right, I'm getting used to it. But Rachel Carson. So we made an organic bug bug repellent for our raised bed gardens. We planted peas. We took something that's a huge, massive concept of what she wrote in Silent Spring and drilled it down to something absolutely that they can understand. Oh, we let ladybugs go, too. We thought that would be fun. Mm. We like to take things apart. It's a big thing in preschool. We're big deconstructionists. What's inside? What's in there? How does that work? And then, again, a real-world connection where they take through self-directed inquiry and dramatic play. I'm going to be a vet today, and this puppy is sick, and I'm going to... Well, how are you going to do that? Why are you going to do that? The one great thing about the preschool space is that our teachers are very much about open-ended questions. They want to hear what they have to say. They want the very long 10 minute ex- explanation of why the puppy is sick. I can do raspberry pie. Yes. Okay, that alone is the reason why you should have technology in preschool. Right there.
1: How many of you know what a raspberry pie is? Yes. Don't go back.
0: Okay, staff doesn't count. Hold on.
1: Okay. <laughs> what is a raspberry pie?
0: Raspberry pie. It's actually really good warm with a little whipped cream. No. <laughs> raspberry pie is the brainchild of Eben Upton and the Raspberry Pi Foundation. And we were very fortunate that when we were starting our STEAM program, we had a parent by the name of Eric Bailey. And this is the man who wrote code at JPL to land the rovers on Mars. I kid you not. And I said, I need to find a way to infuse technology into STEAM. And he said, have you heard of Raspberry Pi? And I said, yeah, it's really good warm with whipped cream. And he said, no, have you heard of Raspberry Pi, a $25 computer that fits in the palm of your hand? Oh, now you have my attention. Because as a preschool, you can imagine, we don't have a lot of cash flying around. We're not, you know, not doing that. So we've created a technology program for them that, A, we use clear cases specifically so they can see what's inside. And if you take a look at our setup, that keyboard does not look like the keyboard in your office, does it?
1: It looks like mine. <laughs>
0: Completely developmentally appropriate. Your vowels are one color. Your numbers are another color. Your letters are another color. And we've created a system using open source software that's completely free and an educational programming guide called Compris. So whether it's working on typing, whether it's working on letter recognition, number recognition. Remember, keyboard and mouse skills are a common core state standard for kindergarten. So at some point... We have to figure out how to infuse this into the preschool. Now, the very first day of Raspberry Pi was hilarious. They all came in. They were so excited. And they all went up to the monitors and started swiping. (laughs) Okay, too much smartphone, too much tablet. And the big part about our technology program is the difference between using technology as an appliance or using it as a tool. We teach it as a tool. Appliances are great. Refrigerators love them. Washing machines, absolutely. But a tool, a technological tool, is something they control. So we started looking into code. We've been a part of the Hour of Code for the last two years. We had 15 at, kids write their first line the of code at the preschool. At the preschool. Gosh. Got to come by, Joe. Is it too at late the preschool. Late to come back. We've done the Hour of Code twice now, and some of the the best part is that one little line in the command line is the echo code, where you type something in and the computer says it back to you. And this is like heaven for, for small people. Absolutely. Make the computer talk to me. Make it say my name. Okay. Well, then you have to... Now we have to work on spelling. Now we have to work on fine motor. Now we have to look on re- letter recognition and number recognition. Absolutely. Technology is easy and preschool. Engineering. Now, this is right up your alley, Joe. As an engineer, I think you'll appreciate the women on the left working on this. But can you tell me what it is?
1: Um... They are experimenting with thermodynamics.
0: Exactly, otherwise known as ice castles. We build with ice every year. It's a tradition, we've done it for forever. And we literally bring in these huge blocks of ice for the kids to construct a wall, almost like a little fort with. Here's the ticker, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna take watercolors and some of them will have salt in it and some of them won't. (gasps) What will happen? It is the perfect steam project, and the entire school does it, from twos to fives.
1: And I want to point out, like, these are things we do all the time. Ice is not super expensive, nor is it exotic. I don't think you ship this in from anywhere further than Albertsons, maybe, or something like that. (laughs) Um, And so thermodynamics, it's something that they're experimenting. They know that ice melts. They just don't know why ice melts. They don't know that you can accelerate the process by putting salt.
0: Exactly. I think the thing with preschoolers that's amazing and works so well with STEAM is preschoolers don't say, I'm not good at that. I I don't know how to do that. They haven't haven't been drilled into that yet. They don't have that. In fact, it's the opposite. They will sit there and go, no, 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 I can do it, I can do it. Let me, let me, let me. And they may whine while they're doing it for about 10 minutes. And nine times out of 10, if you let them, let them try because they believe so strongly that they can, they'll do it. They'll surprise you. We had girls working one afternoon that wanted to build a bridge the size of the table. And this bridge has fallen left, right, and center. It's collapsing. It's too big. It's too long. It's too heavy. And on their own, they're figuring out, okay, well, then I'm going to have to put support here. And I'm going to have to put support here. Okay, can we build a bridge of people that cars could drive over? How do we make a bridge of people without hurting each other? And again, the big takeaway there is this is collaboration. You've got to be able to get that many small people to work together nicely with gentle hands, not too shabby. That's pretty good. More engineering. Now, you can say that that is, you're talking about coefficients of friction, you're talking about incline planes, you're talking about gravity, you're talking about speed, and all kinds of stuff. At the end of the day, the only thing they want to know is is my car the fastest, and how do I make it faster? But those are great questions. How do I make it faster? How do I deal with friction? How do I deal with incline? Brilliant questions to talk about from an engineering perspective. And of course, every good construction or engineering site needs a good site supervisor. So we always have safety on, just so you know. We're very safe. So let's look at rockets two ways. Now again, rockets are pretty common. We talk about rockets in outer space in preschool all the time. We built a rocket with a solo cup and rubber bands. Thank you, Miss Alex. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be very simple. It can be very organic. Something that you have around doesn't have to cost a lot to give the same understanding. So art, pretty normal in preschool. I want, by a raise of hands, who thinks the real Jackson Pollock is all the way to the right? Who thinks the real Jackson Pollock is in the middle?
1: Who doesn't know who Jackson Pollock is?
0: (laughs) Who needs to come to preschool? Okay, so just so everybody knows, the real Jackson Pollock is on the right.
1: I'm just looking to see. Is it
0: The painting in the middle was done by our two-year-old class studying Jackson Pollock and talking about gravity. Yeah. That's how we do art. So, again, someone like Van Gogh. How do you do Van Gogh in a preschool? You're not going to paint like Van Gogh. We looked at Starry Night and we said, okay, we can make this into a science lesson talk about surface tension. We shaved chalk onto water. We peeled back a black piece of paper and they end up with the most beautiful galaxy they've ever seen. That's amazing. So that's our version of Van Gogh. There's a preschool way to look at Van Gogh. Here's a preschool way to look at Millet. Harvest was our theme. We looked at paintings with harvest and we asked questions. What's on the ground? What do you think he's dropping onto the ground? Are those seeds? Is it growing? Okay. So we took our paint and we infused every paint with spices. Garlic, cumin. I mean, it was a good day to be at school. It smelled great. And on top of that, instead of using paintbrushes, we used rosemary branches. So whether it's Henry Rousseau, and Rousseau never went to a jungle, most of our kids have never been to a jungle, doesn't mean we can't replicate it in a mixed media. And this was actually a pop-up that they walked through their own jungle. Or Monet, no one's gonna paint like Monet. Okay, let's make it a wax resist. Let's draw with a white crayon, go over it with watercolors and see what happens. Talk about the difference between oil and water. We have this wonderful wall at the back of our play structure that's all tile, white tile, and a couple other tiles, but mostly white. Now the impression is how did they paint? They painted out in the air, right? So we put paints out by this wall. And we let them look up at the sky and look up at the trees and paint just like Monet, just like Van Gogh, just like any of the Impressionists did. And they create an amazing mural. Tiffany Matisse Diffusion. Now, we don't want everyone to think that we only talk about painters who paint with paintbrushes. Art is everywhere. We do Ansel Adams, we do all kinds of art. But Louis Tiffany was one of our artists. If you have wax paper, you can make Louis Tiffany with a little tea light or a lighted table, you have it. The only thing better than snack for a lot of our kids is giving them a pair of scissors. (laughs) Now you have collage, and they will work to make those shapes, and they will work to glue it on, and they will spend that time investing in it. Jasper Johns. This is our version of the flag. I'm sure if Jasper could, he would love to have painted with his feet and made stars with his hands. But this was the preschool interpretation of how we're going to make that flag. So we had an opportunity to look at two artists. We were looking at portraiture and drawing ourselves. We looked at Paul Clay and we looked at Edward Manet. Happened to be right when we were doing Jacques Cousteau. And the next thing we knew is the kids decided that Mr. Manet wanted to be a diver on their own. So this is how we look at art and science together. We We, in every piece of art, we really try to show that there's science in it, and in the science there is art, and in the art there is science, and there's math that underlies all of it, and that somehow, whether or not it's a piece of art or a piece of science, there's a piece of technology or a piece of engineering that goes along with it. So this is a good example of, yes, we're talking about major artists, major scientists, but this is how we're going to do it in preschool. So for math, for us, mathematics is estimation, it's patterns. It's what's longer. It's what's shorter. You don't have to have an equation for any of that. Those are basic concepts that, once they understand, the equations will come. And pancakes is a great way to do fractions and share them with your friends. Math is all around them. And that, I think, is probably the biggest thing we're trying to show is that math is not, as Joe said, an 8 and by 11 worksheet. That's not math. There's math in music. There's math when you go to the store. There's math when you're driving your car. There's math when you're building a sailboat because if one of your axles is longer than the other axle, it won't go. Even our snack is really steamy. Okay, that's the tastiest layers of the center of the earth ever. It's cherry pie filling for lava. It's pretty good. Is the
1: center warmer? Yes. I mean, do you heat up the- Yeah, it actually
0: is. (laughs) Yeah, it actually is. So we make real-world connections, whether it's a field trip or it's bringing someone in from the community or talking to NASA and bringing in moon rocks, which you can do. We make real-world connections for them so that they understand this is an option for them. And we prepare them for the future. We prepare them to go to Joe, to continue to think, Mm. to continue to have big ideas and great ideas. If you want to bridge the gap in STEM, STEAM, you start now and you work collaboratively. We had a parent walk out of class the other day and said to their child, tap them on the shoulder, guess what I learned today? This is the parent talking to the child. So to me, preschool is this massive petri dish and you can grow the most amazing things in it. And that's what we do. Hastings Ranch, we look at it from a purely play perspective. It is all about the child but we believe that STEAM is probably the very best way to accomplish that goal. And Iron Man has a day job. He's a superhero.
1: I get the clicker. Get I'm the clicker so job. excited. Hey, so now we're at high school. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to go back to preschool sometime. Yes, you do. And our point here is that... Um, well, let me ask you. Let me, why do we know that's high school if I didn't put the banner up there? Any? Anybody? You're bored? We're trying the best we can. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're bored. We're separated. There's space between us. We're facing forward. We're disengaged or engaged. Right? I feel like sometimes all hope is lost. Well, maybe it isn't. We have a task for you. We do. Are you guys ready? Ready for this? Ready? ready. Okay, find your cell phones. You yep. gotta get your cell phones out.
0: Get your cell phones out. Get out your cell
1: phones. All right. The construction paper, rubber bands, and uh paper clip combo. You guys find that? Everybody has that? They were handed out by former students of mine. I didn't know we were going to work together today. I'm so excited. How many of you thought the construction paper was for the preschool side yeah, of things? Yeah, exactly.
0: Did everybody think that was going to be for preschool? I love it. Okay. I love
1: it. Okay, you have your notebook, too. You have to get your notebook out, right? Here we go. For an school, remember, get that little, that little side table up. How many of you are having flashbacks of the standardized tests in the big auditoriums right now? Kind of smells funky. <laughs> well, not here. No, not here. But there, you know, so you have something to write with. Gotta go quick, everybody! Wow, everybody's following. This is this is amazing. You guys have been well um, trained. Okay, ready? Okay, here we go. Here's my prompt for you. Imagine if you were granted three superpowers. Imagine if you were. Th- Don't write anything. Don't call them out. Just just let that. Okay, is ready. Three superpowers. What would they be and why? You're going to write a little bit about this. Would you be good, evil? It depends. Be careful on that one. Be careful. It's a sliding scale. Um, Record your thoughts. You have a few minutes. Three superpowers. This is Qualcomm where magic happens. I'm sure there's a lab that's working on superpowers of some sort. And look up when you think that you have your three. Amazing superpowers completed. I can see those who are looking up now, you've already mastered the power of superhuman thought processes. Good, good, okay. Here we go. Those of you that are still working on it, keep on working. Um, all great superheroes need a name. I'm going to caution you make sure you can repeat this to somebody else. Need a superhero voice. This is where it's gonna be unquiet. Practice your superhero voice and introduce yourself to yourself using your superhero voice. We have very quiet superheroes here today. They all speak with a whisper. Hi, my name is. Practice it. I, really, seriously, practice it. My name is Okay. Okay, we're going to force you to practice this. Ready? (laughs) Okay. Are your fingers all ready to go? Because you need a costume. Now, looking at your crayon, looking at your piece of construction paper, two paper clips, three rubber bands, you need to create your superhero image. I asked the students to do this for me. There's a couple things. Make sure if you can use the paper clips to hold this on your head, make sure you fold this several times, so when you stick the paper clip through it, it doesn't rip all the way. I asked the student, "Can you prototype this for me?" Hello, I'm babyface. <laughs> I should have specified what I really want it. All right? Ready? Use your crayons. Tear. This is all done without scissors, so don't complain. We had five cents to spend on each one of you. All right, go.
0: I'm going to expect a lot out of the preschool teachers, just saying. Because we do superhero, we live in superhero, exactly. I mean, we have people that won't come to snack without a cape on, so it's kind of our thing.
1: Amazing method, using the pen to create eye holes. It's really interesting watching as one person comes up with a new technique other people around them start to pick up that technique. You can almost hear the tearing starting in different places and then it just spreads out from there. We learn by watching, don't we? How many of you wishing you chose a different color crayon now? Green on green is just not what I'm looking for in the superhero. Okay. You should be at a point where at least your image is coming together a little bit. You can tell people this is the prototype. It doesn't have to be completely... Can you hold it up? There we go. We have a photographer someplace around that's... Okay, so you also now have to locate... This is going to be tricky. You have to locate your cell phone, put on your mask, practice your introductions, know your name and your superpowers. We've just condensed like a two-week project into 10 minutes. <laughs> When you have your superhero image almost ready, can you just kind of hold it up to your face? There we go. There is definitely the simplicity equals power look. There we go. All right, so we have to, so. are you ready for the next step? You ready? Superhero, are you ready? Superhero voice, ready. Oh, that wow, was, that was not superhero. Here we go. Okay, ready? Here we go. Uh, all superheroes need an alliance. So look for somebody that you haven't spoken to yet. Introduce yourself in your best superhero voice and tell them one of your superpowers, you should brag, all the cool things you can do. Um, what do you use your superpower for? Be be careful, they may be a colleague. And then once you find your alliance, now's the time for a selfie like you've never done before. (laughs) Extra credit in the superhero kingdom if you can tweet it out. All right, so you have your alliance. Yeah? Excellent. Okay, did you selfie it? Yeah? No? I, I think we should have had a superhero training in selfies. All right, next step. You need a nemesis. Look at somebody and sneer at them in your best superhero sneer. I, f- I feel this urge to present the rest of the way from baby doll. So, this is actually comes from a real project that we did. And I want to explain a little bit behind the scenes. We've condensed a lot of it right down to, uh, to fit into this time. Thank you. It's really funny looking at it from my perspective at this point. I wish I had a camera over my shoulder. Um, so, how many of you had super strength, super speed, flight, energy, being able to change your size, being able to squeeze into tight areas? Raise your hands. Congratulations. You've just started the topic of Newtonian physics. How many of you were able to control heat, cold? You were able to throw fireballs, maybe freeze people. We're able to control temperature, make it warmer, colder. Uh, freeze your colleague because they're not. I'm sorry. Um, being able to thrust like, uh, like uh, X-Men. Anybody able to do that? Raise your hand. Oh, not a big fan of thermodynamics, are we? <laughs> Electricity, magnetism, force fields, lightning bolts. Raise your hands. How many of you can read minds? <laughs> that was a hard one when the kids who asked me, like, oh, I want to be able to read minds, and I'm like, oh my god, well, what do I do with that? There's like so many places I want to go. And then we finally boiled down to that the brain works on electricity, right? Somebody said, oh, that's interesting, I didn't know. Uh, Wave, energy, light, sound, super hearing, super scream, invisibility, invisibility, it's always a popular one. Um, How did you explain that to your person next to you why you want to be invisible? Interesting conversation you can get into with kids. Then we get into these these really interesting edges, you know, like out there beyond conceptual physics where we talk about time travel and time pause and being able to change things. And you know what? It's okay those come up. I was scared to death. I had no idea what to do with it. But there's always an article, the internet's amazing, there's always an article that is feasible. Right? Time travel is feasible. And there's a guy that's selling a machine someplace. So what was this project? So this is a, a PBL project. And we started off with just a simple question. Uh, what responsibilities come with great power? That's a good question for a 14-year-old. right? And so we start off with that question. That's my hook. That's the thing that brings them into the conversation. It's a really interesting hook because they now want to know Well, what powers do I have? Oh, I'm glad you asked me. And so we worked through this, and this is actually a project that wasn't just physics. It was cross-curriculum. It was truly a STEAM-based project. And so um, you had to create a backstory, your origin story. That's one of those humanities things that we really want to talk about. The physics, we talked about. You had to um, create the storyline, you know, when the nemesis comes, right? Then we go back and we analyze the fight physics, It's a different way of looking at the same thing I had to anyhow. Um, Art wasn't added. It wasn't added. It drove the entire storyline. If you think about comic strips, if you think about superheroes, it is the art that brings you into the conversation. Meet some of my superheroes. The internet is another amazing place for things like hero generator or superhero maker. Kids can, even if you don't have a lot of money, they can make well, we spent four or five cents on you, so you could see how we transformed the room. Can you imagine kids walking around school with their superhero passion? And can you imagine the progression of, like, hi, my name is Baby. What's my name? Babyface. Right? My power is to be able to shrink. Well, that starts interesting conversations. And before you know it, they start using the verbiage from the physics that you would not have anticipated. Um, it's a messy process but it makes kids collaborate. Michelle, you do this all the time. It's part of the preschool process. But as they get into high school, we separate them further and further, as the first slide showed. They get further and further away from each other, and then they come to an amazing place like Qualcomm, and they don't know how to collaborate. And we go, ah, geez, why don't you know how to collaborate? You have to get messy with it. You have to let them use their hands. You have to go and gather cardboard. You can do this. It costs very little money. The kids got done with their superhero project. I thought we were done, and then they said, Well, we don't have a place to live. I'm like, no, you have to go home. <laughs> they're like, no, our superheroes don't have a place to live. I'm like, no, you have a story. I'm like, Mr. Reker, seriously. We need a place to live. So we had an exhibition coming up. We had a gigantic white wall at E3. It was not filled with any artwork, and um, it was open to us. And so everything that you see here was designed very carefully, going through many prototyping. Uh, Phases, And it all is scale and proportion. We walked the city. We took photographs. We analyzed it. We pasted it off over and over again. And every one of these had to go through a rigorous process of having other people critique it. And what you see is the superhero city. Oh, all this is recycled materials out of the dumpster, by the way. This particular little row house, there were four girls. They were not engaged. They didn't like physics. it is not part of what they thought school was all about. They spent every, every lunch and every minute before and after school building, meticulously building, out of recycled paper, cardboard, other found items, and they created this. This is, this is amazing. If you see it up close, if you see it in person, there's details in there that I would never have expected. When they presented it to me, I, I didn't know what to say, except for I almost felt like I had to say sorry that I didn't bring you into the conversation better because I gave them a different access point. What is this student trying to convey? We're going to switch gears here. We see anything that stands out to them. Yeah, there's, there's some oscillations or rising and falling. Um, so let's see what this is all about. This is a, another project that I worked on, and it was all around two books: *The Alchemist* and *The Little Prince*. I worked collaboratively with my humanities teacher, and we said, "Let's figure out how to do a project together." And we asked the kids, "Well, what, what happens in a book?" And they said, "Well, it gets really exciting. It gets boring. It's it really boring, and then it's it exciting." We said, "Well, how do we analyze that?" And so what we actually did was we went out and started doing a word count, and we analyzed page by page what they thought was rising. In other words, more action-oriented. And they said, well, that's not enough. And the alchemist, everybody read the alchemist? He falls in love with a girl. It was the boys that wanted to talk about this part because they were very, very confused about love. And they said, can, let's, can, we, can we look at love, Mr. Acker? And I'm like... What does that mean? mean, Oh, in the book. We can look at love in the book. So this young man, he went back and he did an analysis. And and what he did was the final product on the right is a combination of action versus time. Some of you noticed that there was a y-axis of 0 to 100. And then he combined all that stuff and came up with that. It's pretty amazing, right? Right. We have to move beyond the eight and a half by 11. These are 11 by 17. We simply said, if you were to explain a different concept of physics to somebody else, how would you do it? And they said, well, cartoons. So we created cartoons. And some people said, this is a young lady. She said, I really want more time. I gave her more time. I was flexible. And she came up with this. This is published publish level. Like, this is amazing. She found her voice in the class. Uh, E3's vision I'm going to leave that to you because you should look us up on the internet. Kids learn by doing. You've heard that for both of us. They're trying something different. You have to do that. This question came up. A teacher said to me, look, I put this quote up and the kids argued which one was right. We have a problem if they're arguing which one is right. Right? They had a discussion about this and they still really truly believe there was a right answer here. I'm going to post this. We'll post this because we're almost out of time. But there are some things, just don't give up. You, you keep on pushing for us. Please bring your expertise into the classroom. Please keep on pushing us to have these kids learn in a different way. Be transparent. Tell them why you're doing it. I'm going to leave you with a quote. This is a 14-year-old, and the quote was a prompt that we said, if you were to build your dream school, what would it look like? 14 years old. They're too young to understand education, um, but it's really surprising, just like we found in our preschoolers. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Thank you both so much. Thank you, Kim, for having us today.